Hey, welcome to the Central Westland Church Podcast. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you for downloading and thank you for listening. We hope that today you find God's Word to be encouraging, challenging, and inspiring your life today. We would love to connect with you through our Facebook page and Instagram page. All you got to do is look on Facebook or Instagram and search for Central Westland Church. Please know that we love you, we're praying for you, and we hope you enjoyed this week's message. If you have a Bible, turn to John chapter 6. If you were not here last week, let me give you a quick recap of where we were at. We've been looking at John chapter 6, and uh, we talked about last week how the beginning of John chapter 6, uh, we see Jesus feeds 5,000 people, probably closer to 10, 15, or 20,000 people, uh, feeds them with some bread and some fish. Then he tells the disciples to get into the boat. The disciples cross over the other side of the lake to Capernaum. Jesus walks on water. They get to the other side. The next day, the people that he fed, those 5, 10, 15, maybe 20,000 people, were looking for Jesus. They saw the disciples get in the boat. They knew the disciples left, but they knew Jesus did not get in the boat with them, so they didn't know where he was. So they got in a bunch of boats. They headed over to Capernaum. They found Jesus. When they found Jesus, they had a conversation, and that's what we talked about last week was their conversation with Jesus and how they were looking for a physical uh, miracle. They were looking for another physical need to be met. They were looking for more bread, for more fish. They were looking for more food. And Jesus kind of dropped a theological bomb on them and said, I, you know, like, I love you. I'll take care of your physical, but I'm also here for your spiritual needs as well. And we talked about the physical need versus spiritual need last week. We talked about needing evidence. These people, they asked Jesus, said, well, what, uh, what, uh, what work do you do? What are you going to do? What sign do you bring so that you can show us that you are who you say you are? And they just ate the food that Jesus provided through a couple of fish and a couple of loaves of bread the day before. Uh, we talked about evidence in following Jesus. So today we're going to continue to look at John chapter 6. Um, and we're going to see uh, we're going to see what Jesus what else Jesus says to these people and how they react. Let me give you one quick thing first before we read John chapter six. The overarching theme of what we're going to look at today, and it's going to be um, starting in verse fifty three here in a couple of minutes. But the overarching theme, what we see is that these people the day before they were high on Jesus. Why were they high on Jesus? Because they ate Jesus' food, right? They were high on Jesus. The day after, we talked about it last week, we'll read it again in verse 66. We see that some of his disciples, some of the people that followed him, some of the people that believed in him, they left because they could no longer do what Jesus was asking them to do. So their spiritual high one day before now became a spiritual low one day later. Question. Have you ever been there? You know what a spiritual high is, right? This is how I describe a spiritual high. When it's easy to be spiritual. It's easy to read the word every day. No problem. I make time for it. I got to have it. Well, we got stuff going on. It don't matter. I will make time for this because I've got to have it. Spiritual high. It's easy 
to pray every day. It's easy to love the hard-to-love people. It's easy to forgive. It's easy to show grace and mercy to people around us. It's easy to show up for church on Sunday, even when it's raining outside. Rain won't stop us. I've got to get there. It's easy to sing worship. It's easy to raise your hands. It's easy to follow Jesus. That's a spiritual high. Wouldn't it be nice if all of life was like that? Right? How many of you know it's not? Okay, let me tell you in case you don't know. It's not. I heard a guy giving a testimony one time in a church. And he said, when I met Christ, I was here. This is like 20 years later. He said, I'm here. He said, everything from then till now has gone up. I said, shoot. I said, brother, you need to write a book. You would be a millionaire. I said, my journey with Christ looks like this. And now I'm here. Can anybody relate? When your spiritual high becomes a spiritual low, there are several examples of this in Scripture I want to run through really quickly. And we're going to talk about what causes this. Number one is found in 1 Kings chapter 18. Read it later. Don't read it now. Read it when you get home this afternoon. A great story. You see that Elijah has a showdown with the prophets of Baal. What happens is uh, Baal was a false god. He had false prophets. These false prophets come to Elijah and said, our God's the real God. Elijah said, uh-uh, I'm my God, the God of Scripture, the God of heaven's the real God. And so Elijah says, let's have a little competition. Let's have a little battle. So they get two bulls. The Baal prophets get one. Elijah gets one. They, go, they pray to their God. They call down fire from heaven. There's a lot of this I'm leaving out. So read it because it's even better than the way that I'm explaining it to you. Elijah said, I want to stack the deck against me because I believe so wholeheartedly in my God. Douse my bull with oil, with oil, with water. Thanks, Ed. Douse my bull with water. Dig a trench around the bull. Load it down with water. It does not matter. They both prayed. I bet as of right now, the prophets of Baal bull is still laying in the exact same place. Has not got one burnt uh, piece of skin on him. However, the bull that Elijah put out, of course, the true God of heaven, rained down fire from heaven and burn up the bull. Can you imagine the victory that Elijah felt at that moment? God has proven himself real. He then went on to defeat the 450 prophets of Baal in 1 Kings chapter 18. What a spiritual high. Amen? Let me tell you what's next. Forty days later in 1 Kings chapter 4, we see word make it back to Jezebel that Elijah killed these prophets. So Jezebel says, we're going to kill him. So what you read in the first four chapters in 1 Kings chapter 19 is Elijah running for his life. Is Elijah hiding for his life. And Elijah, through prayer, telling God, I'm done. I can't do it. I give up. Go ahead and kill me now. Within a span of 40 days, Elijah went from a spiritual high to a spiritual low. Think about King David. In 2 Samuel chapter 8, we see a list of victories that King David won. We see a list of the armies and the fights that he won. In 2 Samuel chapter 10, we see that uh, David defeats the Ammonites. Spiritual high. Then we get to 2 Samuel chapter 11, and you know what happens as well as I do. He was outside on the roof. He sees Bathsheba from across the way. He invites her into his house. 
he does what he does with Bathsheba, and he commits adultery because she was married to Uriah. And what we have there is a spiritual high becoming a spiritual low. Next up, think of John the Baptist. We all know John the Baptist, correct? Thanks, Chelsea. Chelsea would pass a pop quiz on John the Baptist. The rest of y'all, I'm not so sure. You got John the Baptist. He had the honor, he had the privilege, he had the great honor of baptizing Jesus. He saw heaven open up, he saw the doves, he heard the voices, he baptized Jesus Christ himself. He even said, look, there's the Lamb of God that takes away the sin of the world. He saw Jesus, he knew Jesus, he was a part of Jesus. What we find with John the Baptist a couple of years, not even a couple of years, about a year and a half later, you read in Matthew chapter 11, you see that John the Baptist is now in prison, and he sends some of his disciples to go to Jesus. He says, go to Jesus and ask him if he's the one. Ask him, is he the one that we should be expecting, or find out if somebody else is coming. A spiritual high becomes a spiritual low. Another one is we'll talk about this next week on Palm Sunday. We see the thousands and thousands and thousands of people in Jerusalem when Jesus comes riding in on the donkey, comes riding in right before his arrest and crucifixion, or a week before his arrest and crucifixion. Jesus comes riding in on a donkey. Thousands of people are shouting what? Hosanna! Hosanna! If y'all need my help next week, let me know. Let me know. They were waving palm branches. They were shouting, Hosanna, glory to God in the highest. One week later, these same people were not shouting Hosanna, but they were shouting what? Crucify him. Spiritual high becomes a spiritual low. Last one, the disciple Peter, in Jesus' arrest, or before Jesus' arrest, he was with Jesus and the other disciples in the upper room at the Last Supper, Jesus says, one of you is going to betray me. All of you are going to run. All of you are going to take off. And Peter says, Lord, I don't care what these jokers do. <laughs> you ain't got to worry about me. I ain't going to do it. A couple hours later, we find Peter denying Jesus three times acting like he didn't even know the man, acting like he hadn't spent the last three years with the man, acting like he had never heard of Jesus of Nazareth because he was scared and worried that he would also be arrested and be killed and crucified. There, my friends, we see a spiritual high into a spiritual low. I'll ask you again, have you ever been there? Yeah. I think if we were honest, we've all been there. What causes that? There's several reasons. What we see in these examples is we see a lot of isolation. We see a lot of fear. We see Elijah was by himself in the woods. We see David was by himself at the palace. We see uh, John the Baptist was by himself in prison. And we see Peter left the other disciples, left Jesus to be by himself, isolation and fear. If you want to kill your Christian faith, stay away from the church. Stop talking to faithful people. 
Stop having faith-based conversations. You want your spiritual high to become a spiritual low? Stop gathering with faithful people. Now listen, can we be honest? You can gather with faithful people and still have your spiritual high become a spiritual low. Amen? We've talked about this before. People have the ability to either push us away from the Jesus or to pull us closer with them to Jesus. So just because you're here, just because you're here is not a guarantee you're going to be growing spiritually. But what it does do, it guarantees that you're not going to be, uh, your spiritual high is not going to become a spiritual low. However, in John chapter 6, think back to last week, there were thousands of people ate the bread and the fish, thousands of people got in boats, thousands of people crossed over to Capernaum, thousands of people were with Jesus. They were not isolated. They were not by themselves. So what caused these people to ultimately get to verse 66, like what we read last week, where they left Jesus and stopped following him? Well, to find that out, let's look at John chapter 6, starting in verse 53, says this. Then Jesus said to them, Very truly I tell you, Unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Vampires are like celebrating all around the world when they read this verse. Because they drink blood. Nobody know about vampires in here? Y'all didn't watch that, va that vampire and werewolf movie where they both love the same girl and all that stuff? I didn't either. I didn't either. Keep reading. Jesus said to them, very truly I tell you, unless I'm getting fired today. Very truly I tell you, unless you eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink his blood, you have no life in you. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood has eternal life, and I will raise them up at the last day. For my flesh is real food, and my blood is real drink. Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Just as the living Father sent me, and I live because of the Father, so the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Verse 58, this is the bread that came down from heaven. Your ancestors ate manna and died, but whoever feeds on this bread will live forever. He said this while teaching in the synagogue in Capernaum. Keep reading, verse 60. On hearing it, many of his disciples said, this is a hard teaching, who can accept it? Aware of his disciples grumbling about this, Jesus said to them, does this offend you? Then what if you were to see the Son of Man ascend to where he was before? The Spirit gives life, the flesh counts for nothing. The words I have spoken to you, they are full of the Spirit and life. Yet there are some of you who do not believe. For Jesus had known from the beginning which of them did not believe and would betray him. Verse 65. He went on to say, this is why I told you that no one can come to me unless the Father has enabled them. From this time, many of his disciples turned back and no longer followed him. So what was it that caused these people to no longer follow Jesus? His teaching! Thank you, Sarah, MVP, A+. She's from Denton. It wasn't isolation. It wasn't so much fear. 
It was Jesus teaching about eating his flesh and drinking his blood. What in the world does Jesus mean when he says, Whoever eats my flesh and drinks my blood remains in me and I in them. Verse 57, he said, just as the living Father sent me, I live because of the Father. So the one who feeds on me will live because of me. Did Jesus Christ actually mean, come take a bite? Thank God. Amen? Amen. What Jesus means is simply this. He is the sustenance. He is the provision. He is the answer for whatever it is the question is. He's basically telling these people, I'm the way. I'm the truth. I'm the life. It's me. You're in pain this morning. I'm the healer. You need direction this morning. I'm the way. You find yourself dead this morning. I am the Life, Whatever it is you need, feed off of it from me. Gain your wisdom from me. Get your direction from me. Get your power from me. Get your love from me. Get your forgiveness, your grace, your mercy, your acceptance, your hospitality, your patience. Whatever it is that you need today, get it from me because I am the bread of Life. Jesus says this a different way in Matthew chapter 11, a little more understandable, I believe. He says it this way, starting in verse 28. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my burden is easy and my yoke is light. Jesus is not saying, come bite my arm off. Jesus is saying, I got your back. Whatever you need today, I got it. You need to be loved today, come here. You need a hug today, I got it. You need direction today, I got it. Find it in me. You need hope today, I got it. Look at me. Feed off of me. Mom and dad, you need help with those kids? I got your help, Jesus says. Feed off of me. Find life in me. Husbands, you need some help with your wife? I got it, Jesus says. I got it. Jesus says, whatever you need, come to me. You're tired? Come here. You're worried? Come here. You're stressed out? Come here. You got anxiety, fear? Come here. Come to me. Feed off of me. I'll take care of you. I love you. I'm more than enough. Remember what I just did yesterday? I fed those 5,000 people. We had more than enough bread. I'm more than enough to take care of your worry today. You tired? I'm more than enough to give you rest. Stressed out? I'm more than enough to take the load and the burden off. Jesus says, come to me. The enemy will tell you, you can do it. You don't need his help. Am I right or am I right? The enemy will do whatever he can to make sure you don't go to Jesus. And one of the biggest ways he does that is to tell you, you don't need Jesus. You can do it. You're strong. You're smart. You've been places. You've done this before. You don't need the Lord's help. 
you're tougher than anybody I know. And all the time we have Jesus saying, I'm the bread of life. Come here. Just come on. Stop trying. Stop working. Stop trying to do too much. Stop trying to figure it out. Give up. Submit. Lay down. And come to me. Y'all, the Christian life is not hard. The hard part of the Christian life is getting ourselves out of the way. The hard part of the Christian life is realizing we can't do it, but he can. The hard part of the Christian life is us laying down our life and picking up our cross like we talked about last week. The hard part of the Christian life is realizing that we're not as tough and as strong and as smart and as wise and as good as we think we are, but Jesus is. When we know that we can't, we know that he can. But you'll never know that you can't until you give up. Because the enemy tells you, you can. Keep trying. Keep it up. Do it for another 10 years. You'll be right back in the same spot you're at now. While Jesus is saying, come here. I'm the bread of life. Come feed off of me. Get your love for me. Get your hope for me. I've got more than enough for you today. Three quick things I want to share with you about bread. Number one, I love bread. Thank you. Those King Hawaiian rolls. They're so good. I love hamburgers. My favorite food. I don't want a hamburger steak. I want a hamburger. I want a bun. I want JFG mayonnaise. I want some good chili. What kind of mayonnaise y'all use? Okay, listen. Let's take a sermon time out right here. I am very peculiar about my mayonnaise because I love mayonnaise. Like when I make a sandwich, I put mayonnaise on the bread, and then I'll put the knife right back in the jar and just lick that thing clean. I love mayonnaise. When I make a hot dog with packets of mayonnaise, I'll put one and a half packets on the hot dog. The other half, I love it so much. But I like JFG mayonnaise. My lovely and gorgeous and talented and gifted wife, she likes Duke's mayonnaise, which don't even taste like real mayonnaise, by the way. So we have two jars of mayonnaise in our house. She has hers, and I have mine. So my JFG people, we're going to heaven. The rest of y'all will pray for redemption. Okay, let's talk about bread, and then we'll be done. Three things about bread. Number one, number one, all food, bread included, satisfies a particular need that we have. When we're hungry, bread fills our stomach. The same way with Jesus we see here. Jesus is telling these people, I will be your satisfaction. 
Don't look for your hope somewhere else. Look for it in me. I'll satisfy. Don't look for love in someone else. Look for it in me, and I will satisfy. How many of you know can't nobody love you like the Lord can? Some of y'all were here two summers ago when we were meeting out back, and I sung a song. You remember? Does anybody remember? I hope you don't. There's a video floating around online I've seen. I hope you don't remember. But the song was, Can't Nobody Do Me Like Jesus. Now, the way that I watched this video and the way that I sung it were completely different. (laughs) Go to YouTube, type that in, Can't Nobody Do Me Like Jesus. Can I encourage you today to know and believe and accept in faith that nobody can love you like Jesus can? Nobody can accept you like Jesus can. Nobody can forgive like he can. Nobody can direct and guide and heal and protect like Jesus can. No amount of drink or drug can take away the past like Jesus can. No amount of study, no amount of education can tell you the future like Jesus can. Nothing in this world, no one in this world can do for you what Jesus can do for you. So can I encourage you today to find everything that you need to find your satisfaction in Jesus Christ. Because he, my friends, is the only bread that never runs out, that doesn't grow old. You don't have to throw it out. He's not going to be moldy Jesus in three weeks. He's going to be good Jesus with good bread because he is the one that satisfies your soul. You may not know it this morning, but you were created by him and for him, Colossians tells us, by him and for him. So because of that, he is the only one that can satisfy your physical life and your spiritual life because he was, you were created by him and for him. Find your satisfaction in Jesus. Number two, we know that bread is a necessity. How many of you know we got to eat? Right? Am I wrong? I think today we're going to Dario. They have hot dogs at Dario. Whatever. In Denton, we say Dario. Okay, 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 okay. I'm going to spell a word. You tell me how you say it. M-A-R-I-O. It's not Mario. It's Mario. Like Dario. Thank you. All right, keep going here. We're going to Dario. How do you say it, Jane? Chilies? She says Dario Chilies? <laughs> Dario. No, it's Dario. It's Dario. Okay, here we go. I'm going to Dario because they have hot dogs and they have the best buns in town. Somebody told me they're potato bread buns. I don't know what that means, but I got to have it. They are so good. I love it so much. TJ gets a hot dog and he eats the weenie, but not the bun. 
Daddy eats the bun without the weaning. It's so good. Bread is a necessity. Food is a necessity. Please know today, Jesus Christ is a necessity in your life today. We've talked about this a couple of weeks ago. You have a deep need for Jesus, and you may not even know it. You need him. You can't live without him. Can't breathe without him. You need him. You can't go to heaven without him. Can't forgive without him. Can't have power without him. Can't love without him. Can't reconcile without him. Because all those things are things that he does through us. You have a deep need for Jesus today. And Jesus has a lot to give for your need. Because he is the bread of life. He's not the bread of the week. He's not the bread of the month. He's your bread of life. We find everything that we need in Jesus. And number three, I forgot number three. Oh, yes. Got it. Renewed every day. Got it. You see in this story here, John chapter 6, Jesus uh, talked a lot about the manna from heaven. You know what that's referring to, right? The the, uh, Israelites in the wilderness in the book of Exodus, they were in the wilderness. They were hungry. God sent them manna from heaven uh, to eat. How often, pop quiz, how often did the manna from heaven come? Every day, except on the weekends, they gathered two, two portions on the weekends. It come every day. You wake up on Monday morning, it's there. Wake up on Tuesday morning, it's there. Wednesday, bam. Thursday, manna. Friday, manna. Saturday, manna's here. Manna was there every day. What's the point, Michael? Here's the point. Jesus is there for you every day. Jesus is available to you today. You may say, well, you don't know what I was doing yesterday. I don't care what you were doing yesterday. Jesus is available to you today. If you blew it yesterday, he still loves you today. You turned your back yesterday, he loves you today. You forgot about him yesterday, he didn't forget about you today. You have the power of God new to you every day. You have the hope of God available to you every day. You have the love of God ready for you every single day of your life. No matter where you've been, what you've done, what you said, or how bad you think you've been, Jesus Christ is available to you. Even Bill. Even Bill. Even me. Because I've been places like you. I've said things like you. I've done things like you. And Jesus is still available to me. Please know today that when Jesus said he's the bread of life, he's always available. He's not going to run out. He's not going to grow old. The store is not running out of Jesus. The church is not going to run out of Jesus. Jesus is not going to run out of love for you. He's not going to run out of patience for you. He's not going to run out of healing and forgiveness and direction and hope. And he's not running out of himself to give 
to you. So if you find yourself today in need of forgiveness, it's available. If you find yourself in need of healing, it's there. You need hope, peace, joy, direction, it's there. Jesus says, come to me. Feed off of me. Jesus is saying, come on. I'm here. I'm ready. Come get it. I'm the bread of life. Come feed off of me. Come drink off of me. I'm here waiting on you. Jesus is available today. It's up to you and up to me whether we go and partake. Amen? It's up to us. He's not backing away from us, but he's also not going to make you come to him. He's here waiting on you. Let's stand together. Let's pray. Lord, again, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for your word. Lord, we thank you for John chapter 6. We thank you for being the bread of life. We thank you for being available to us. We thank you for being more than enough. Lord, we thank you for renewing us every day. God, we thank you that you are the provision of our needs. You are not just the provider, but you are what was provided. God, we simply thank you for you being who you are and what you have done for us. God, I pray today for my Brothers and sisters, I pray today for myself, I pray for my loved ones, God, that if we find ourselves in a need today, if we find ourselves in a time of struggle, in the valley, in pain, in fear, in worry, in a physical need, God, I pray that we will look to you, I pray that we'll look to the only one that can do for us what we need to have done for us. God, help us to know today that if we need forgiveness, it's available. God, if we are looking for salvation, we find it in you. God, I pray today that we as believers, as followers, as disciples... That we will come to you when we are weary, we'll come to you when we're energetic, we'll come to you in the good and the bad, on the mountain and in the valley, and we will cast our lives on you. Because real life and true life is found only in you and you alone. God, help us to love, help us to trust, help us to rely on you today. God, we love you and we pray in Jesus' name. Amen.